You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Motorcycle Talk Show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a big program on tap for you again this week. Uh, I want to thank Ed Kulenkamp, Tony Wink, Roman Avila, and P. Day. Duran for helping to make this program possible, including our good friends Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson, Jack and Leon, uh, Jack and Leon. Now, Tony, can you help me with that? Jack and what? Leanne. Leanne de Leon. Right there. It's it tough. Yeah. It's we, well. Why wouldn't well, we you just, put Leanne first? We just met him. If we if we yeah. went Leanne and Jack de Leon, that there's a hard break there. Anyway, they're producing our program. Great uh, guest list on the program today. Uh, perhaps you'd like to go through that. Sure. We're going to talk to Jamie Estillo, who is a woman WMX Series racer. She's pretty fast, and uh, we've we've had her scheduled for a couple weeks. Finally, we're going to get her on tonight. Also, Daniel nice. Blair, who's with Fox Sports. He uh, has really come around, done a really good job becoming an announcer. What we're going to do is, is with Daniels, we're going to talk about brothers. And prior to his interview, we're going to talk about the brothers that did well over the weekend, right? Yep. Yeah, we're going to have Alex and Jeremy Martin on at the same time. So that'll be kind of a fun interview to kick off hour number two. Hour number one, we're going to end up with Brad Baker, who is a very fast, uh, of course, flat track racer. And uh, Dustin Metter, who's also a fast road racer and a, a wrench for... Uh, the late Dane Westby, and uh, he actually did. did didn't did he, he fill? Didn't, didn't he spend some time on the seat? Yeah, yeah. He actually was a filling rider in, in I think Jersey. So, um, yeah. So we're going to talk to him, and then I got we have Cooper Webb on the phone. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a reason you would put a wrench on the seat? Is is there are there points to be gained if you are a team, for example? Well, D- Dustin is a pretty accomplished wear racer and CCS racer, so. Uh, he actually did pretty well, and, and that's it makes sense. And a lot of and a lot of pro mechanics are former racers or still race. <laughs> Usually not at that level. But no, but you know, yeah. So that so is is it fair to say they still have the bug, or they they've gotten bitten? Well, if they you needed will. they needed a rider, and he was there, and he's he's obviously. But why did they need the rider? That's that's my point. Did they need it for points? Do they need it for money or what? No, it's just obligations to sponsors and, and that sort okay, of thing. Okay, so, that, that's, yeah. that's what I was looking for. Yeah. All right, let's go to our first guest. Cooper Webb joins us. Coop, how are you, bud? Good, guys. How are you all? Thanks for having me. Hey, you know what? How are you doing after the injury? Are you, are you okay? You know, after Minneapolis, are you healed up 100% or what? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, all healed up. We, uh just started back riding last week i got cleared from the doctor and uh started just riding a corner track no jumps or anything and then uh came back to california this this week and actually was able to ride today and uh rode rode at paula which uh, was nice was able to hit some jumps and so yeah it kind of feels like the first day officially back <laughs> right and, uh 
<laughs> yeah, I'm all good. I ended up having to get uh, surgery on my, broke my tib and fib in two places. So yeah. oh, had to get wow. some surgery and, uh, but all healed up and, and ready to go now. And, you know, to, to come back begins now, just start riding and uh, trying to get some good motos in and see where we, where we uh, end up coming back, which round. Tony, it was two, sur- two surgeries, two. Yeah, I know. Not yeah. one. We were hoping to see in Iowa for Justin Brayton's event, and uh, he said you guys had kind of talked about it, but uh didn't work out. Yeah, I was bummed. I, uh, I'm i good friends with Justin, and we had plans to kind of go out there, and uh, like, I, like I said, I told him I wasn't really doing much, and I've never been to Iowa, so it'd be cool to kind of go hang out, and I saw that, that Damon was going, and yep. uh, so I was going to go, and then about... A week before the the doctor told me that everything was actually looking uh, looking good, and I actually had to, regardless, I had to get a pin taken out before I started riding. So I actually got the pin taken out uh, a week early. So I was a little bummed. It was a Friday before, but I uh, was back in North Carolina last week and got to hang out with Justin. We went on a, a cycle, and he was telling me that it was a really cool event and that it was a really good turnout and everybody had a lot of fun so yeah it was it was neat having having justin there and cameron mcadoo showed up oh he was awesome Uh, dude yeah and mcadoo um, if there is a future of motocross racing mcadoo is it you think so oh no 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 i'm serious (laughs) sell it scott well let me tell you something if i had 15 seconds i could save each and every one of you 15 percent on your insurance because he is a geico racer uh-huh okay? yeah uh-huh. Okay. dude is good so what are you doing in california uh back in california just doing some riding and training uh my my trainer is, is based out here in california and um now that i'm back riding i wanted to start riding with uh, the star boys justin cooper aaron plessinger and colt nichols to try to get back to speed uh, a little quicker you know they've been doing really well and or riding good so i uh, came out here to also do some testing i'll start testing uh with yamaha next week and try to get some some good settings for the for the outdoor series and uh yeah just kind of back in the swing of things you know i'm back and forth a lot between north carolina and california but uh right now like i said just kind of getting my fitness riding fitness back and ride with some some good good guys and do some testing with the guys so when you're in north carolina's club where you may basically go or, or is there other places oh uh, there's there's quite a bit actually it's becoming uh quite a hot spot right there i i actually have my own track it's in concord north carolina um we have a supercross and a motocross track there and then uh, me and and brandon hartraft who rides for rock river we we try to train and ride together down there and then uh we have a good relationship with the JGR guys. They're they're about thirty minutes away, and they have a really good motocross track and supercross track that that we're able to go ride at some. And then, yeah, Club MX is is really close, and they have some really amazing tracks there. And uh, then there's uh, also a track not far from my house. Who's the amateur kid? His name's Daxon Bennett, and uh, he's on the the Orange Brigade program with KTM, and he has. Seems to, to be a, a rising star. He's won a lot of championships and stuff, but he has a really sweet facility um, not too far away with a supercross and, and two motocross tracks there. So we got quite a quite a little you know places to ride, and then there's there's about three or four other private tracks that we go to sometimes. So it's actually been been really fun. Um, sucks that I haven't been able to ride and kind of take advantage of it, but I was there for supercross once it went back to the east coast and was able to ride 
And, uh, yeah, it was cool. I was able to ride with Brayton quite a bit, and it was always fun to ride with him and uh, the JGR guys as well. So, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not Florida yet, and it's not California, but uh, it's it's getting to be a really good area to ride, that's for sure. Cooper, um, I don't know how much of the outdoors you've been watching, but, you know, Justin's Cooper's been doing pretty good. Um, yeah. Who, who again? Justin Cooper. Yeah, a, a, like a teammate, right? There's two Coopers on the team. Well, it's Yamaha and Yamaha. Star. Yeah, I get that, but, but kind of, but yeah, flip flop, flip flop. Right. <laughs> I but, I really tried very hard to have both Coopers on the show mm. on this on this particular episode, but nice. couldn't get it done. Well, there's well, always tried. next time. I tried. Um, w- <laughs> the kid's been pretty impressive, but w- what I really want to get to is you. You started riding again. You're progressing. What are you kind of shooting for? What's the what's the round you're really shooting for right now of coming back? What are you guys thinking? Um, it's it's hard to say. Originally, when everything was kind of going down, I, I expected Millville, but I've actually been excelling at at everything. Um, like I said, even back now, it's been about a month ago. I I was a week ahead of schedule and. I uh, got a pin removed early. I was actually back riding uh, a week earlier than I thought. And then I was supposed to actually ride turn track for two weeks, and I'm already riding a normal track. So when it's all said and done, we're really about two to three weeks ahead of schedule. So uh, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm going to go off field and make sure that I'm, um, you know, at least at 80% and, and close to to being ready in, in that top three, top five hunt. But uh, the goal right now realistically is either Southwick or Redbud. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to try to make Southwick. I really enjoy the sand, but it's also a pretty gnarly one to come back at. So just kind of taking it week by week and, um, you know, but I'd say, you know, around those two rounds would, would realistically be when I'll be back. So I really enjoy both those tracks. So, you know, hopefully come back and, and have some good results of those. Cooper Webb, our guest, and Tony, you, I, I know you've been injured a little bit, not a lot, <laughs> mostly, but a little bit, yeah, yeah mostly. mostly. Uh, but have you ever had a pin removed and then you go race that same weekend? No, that seems like it's it's pretty uh, pretty uh, quick to to be out on the bike like that. But um, Alex Ray, is he? Uh, what's the story there? Man, I'm not too sure. Um, it was a surprise, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people were surprised. But, <laughs> but I, he's a great I'm, kid. I'm, I mean, yeah, he's a like super him. guy. I like him, but he, he just is, uh, it's just surprising. Yeah, I mean, I think they just, like I said, I'm, I'm not management or anything like that. I'm just rider. So, I mean, obviously I don't have much say or anything like that. But I think, you know, from what I heard, they just, they felt like he, um, you know, he was a Yamaha guy for Supercross and uh, just kind of wanted to give somebody opportunity and see, you know, kind of like an underdog kind of guy, and yeah. see what they could do. And uh, you know, there really isn't too many guys. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys available, but you know, not maybe the the top kind of well and, guys that they're looking for. But uh, and Cooper, my sure. my my argument to these guys here in the studio because we were talking about it. Tony and I kind of got into a little bit of a wow a discussion I had about to separate it. Separate the two of you. Yeah, uh, I thought it made it. A pretty, it was a pretty smart choice. It was a pretty easy decision. I thought, like you just said, he's a Yamaha guy. He's a guy that was on him, and he did pretty and he's decent. Quick. 
He's quick. You know, he's pretty decent. He's a good kid, hard worker. Um, but, you know, you think about it like you just said. Uh, you know, he's not a top guy, so you don't have to worry about – obviously, you don't have to pay him a ton. He's going to yeah. want to come in and perform because he's given that underdog yeah. opportunity. Wow. Um, and, hey, he's going to take the opportunity and run with it. He did get a little TV time the other, the other day, <laughs> yeah. and he got about looked out or time. something. It was yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't know what to do the, with this yeah, TV Yeah, Glenn Hillen. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. I think it's, it's, there's always an argument. You know, there's always going to be uh, you know, a filling spot or anything like that occurs. It's always going to be, oh, why didn't you get this guy or this guy or that guy? But, you know, I think at, at the end of the day, when it comes to a fill-in, it, it really is hard to get a fill-in that's going to go out and, and perform as well as the injured rider or, or be up top. So I think it's more of whatever the team feels they kind of want or need, you know, whether it's a more experienced guy or a new kid or, you know, somebody to test the bike or whatever, whatever the kind of, you know, the story always changes with those guys. So, you know, I'm not too sure, you know, like I said, what, what they, you know, think and, and whatnot, but yeah, it's been good. I saw, uh, I saw him today riding and stuff and, um, yeah, I get along with him well. So it was cool to see and, uh, you know, I think from the sounds of it, even when I return to racing, they're going to help him out and give him a few bikes and some parts to go racing on his own. So Put an easy up out behind the, cool. the trailer and let him <laughs> run under that. I've seen it done actually yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure. Hey, uh, Brock Tickle, you know, the, the, obviously everybody knows that whole story and, and what a shame. Um, what do you, what's your take on WADA and, and all that? Do you think guys are intentionally, I mean, they, they've got the, best trainers and the i just can't imagine that there's that that it's happening i can't even imagine that it's that it's happening well, by accident I, no, or no no no, no what no, i no. can't imagine that they're doing it on purpose either yeah. stop for just a minute explain to our listeners what you're talking about well okay wada is the world anti-doping agency I, I okay and they are involved in our sport motocross mm -hmm. and or in supercross and uh there's there's a whole list of banned substances that you can't put in your body and we saw James Stewart. Right. He he um, he, he he's no longer yeah he he's no longer a, a racer and uh, now Brock Tickle appears it's going to be the demise of him as well and, and as a factory KTM racer I mean it's just insane huge. it's huge and and uh, you know there's no big story out there to follow up with any of these guys I know it's not like. I don't see any of them going on Oprah and telling them like Lance Armstrong did. You know what I mean? It's just, yep. I can't imagine that they're doing that. What's your take on it, Coop? Ah, uh, man. I mean, it is, it's hard to say. You know, I think, um, I, I'm not, you know, in the situation, I don't really know exactly what is going on, uh, with that. And like you said, but, you know, I do think it is good that we do have some sort of testing, um, but with that being said, you know, I do also think that from the stories I'm hearing and kind of how things have gone with, with both James and Brock and even Kate Clayson, I think, uh, I think it's good to have a, a established organization, but at the same time, you know, I feel like there needs to be either a sanctioning body or somebody that could maybe override them or at least make, 
make a decision, you know, because. But that, but the, but, uh, but 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 Coop, that's the problem, and we we ran up against this in the UFC, we've in uh, other mixed martial arts organizations where uh, WADA, the new organization, okay, uh, takes the blood samples, okay, and makes a judgment call, and then destroys the blood samples. Okay, so here's the here's here's the problem I have as a professional announcer, as a uh, a MMA and and I don't care what insert sport here. Here's the problem. If you're going to do it, do it right. And so far, I haven't seen Wada do it right. Amateur back massager. I wow, that's weird that you would say that because that's one of the areas that they're now exploring. (laughs) But I would say, you know, Wada is is a good idea. Better than what we had before, by the way. Um, but at the same time, if it's going to be an orchestrated decision, then they need to be able to back it up with other tests and even go outside of their own yeah. agency and have it tested. So kind of like when we had take. when uh, Ricky Carmichael's racial peed dirty. Remember that years, hundred years ago, and he said, <laughs> yeah. he said, "I'll tell you what. If you think I'm cheating, I'll just go home. I don't and need it, this crap." No, and they he, went. Oh, oh, wait a oh no, 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 no. Don't pump the brakes, Ricky. Yeah. But no, we don't like leave. You. Don't leave. No, don't leave. Yeah. You're the you're the face of our sport. Yeah. He burned out the rear brake I, I, yeah. on that whole decision. He, his rear brake was gone. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing but front brake. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm getting off track. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is. It is. A, you know, whether, like I said, it's just, it's so hard to, to justify. And like you said, really see the proof in the pudding and and with them being in europe or whatever it is you know it's just there is a lot of gray areas and um you know like you said it sucks especially for for the guy like stewart you know not sure the situation once again but you know that ultimately kind of ruined his career and brought the biggest face in our sport out of it you know so definitely something uh something needs to be figured out but well, you know, I don't know that we're going to solve all the, the the problems here on this program, but we're going to bring it up. And, uh, Coop, it's always good to have you on, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate the, our friends at Yamaha, always making you guys available. Yep. Uh, anytime we call, and uh, you make the mistake of answering, anytime we call. And uh, we appreciate that. Coop, thanks so much. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're in, right now, injury free and coming back, yeah. uh, dude. It's it's always good to see a race because, quite frankly, nobody does it better. It's too bad we missed you at the Brayton shootout. Yep, yep. Hopefully next year we'll make it out. Well, ne- yeah, next year we're gonna have the third annual. Hopefully he's not injured actually, because it's during the season. So yeah, he'll be racing. <laughs> we'll uh, maybe we'll re- we'll schedule it around your. Yeah, maybe a weekend off or something. There you go. There you go. It'll be the Justin Brayton starring Cooper Webb shootout. Yeah, never mind Damon Bradshaw and the rest of those clowns. <laughs> Damon was there. Cameron Dave. McAdoo. Yeah, McAdoo was awesome. I really enjoyed talking with Apparently. him. Apparently. I really did. Anyway, stay tuned. Uh, more wrestling, excuse me, more racing talk as we continue. It's uh, uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly with Tony Wink, Scott Casper, Eddie Kulenkamp, Roman Avila, PJ Duran with a week off. I don't, I don't know where he went, but Road I, America. He's I, on his well, way back from Road America. I, I knew, I know he was there over the weekend. Yeah, and they have track days and stuff throughout the week. It's crazy. The, it's yep. crazy. Anyway, back after this. Stay tuned. Kevin Swanson here, 1993 500cc World Champion. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V 
V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles, both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Hello, again everybody it's scott casper for jack daily on construction you've got projects that need to be done basement refinish kitchen bathrooms how about this need more room call jack daily on construction they've been serving iowa for nearly 70 years right now you can finish your basement before april 30th spend at least twenty five thousand dollars i'm going to get you a 55 inch flat screen tv called jack daily on construction incorporated serving iowa since 1946 call them 321-5225 5225 is Jack DeLeon Construction. Hi, this is Ed Morrill. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, Jack DeLeon producing the program. Welcome back. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Just uh, had a great conversation with Cooper Webb. But, um, Tony, it was a big weekend of racing in a lot of areas, including the, uh, uh, the Isle of Man. And yeah, I don't know if you watched it, but I watched about three hours of it. And dude, these people are going crazy fast. Yeah, that is a sport we did unfortunately lose lose a guy um, this year to uh, to that sport. It's so dangerous. It's and, very dangerous. And our next guest probably uh, is a fan of that, Dustin Meter. He uh, met her. Met her. Yeah, met her. even asked him to make sure. Wow, yep. Dustin How, met her. He's hmm. he's a 
very accomplished road racer himself and, and a mechanic, and maybe he'd uh, join the conversation. Dustin, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. How are you guys? Is, is the Isle of Man something that we're going to see for the next year or two, and then it goes away because it is so dangerous, or what? Oh, not in my opinion. I mean, that race has been going on for years now, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that people lose their lives doing it, but they do it because they love it, and everybody that is over there doing it is doing it because they love it, and everybody that goes there and watches goes because it's, you know, a one-of-a-kind race, and uh, you don't see anything else like it. I mean, those guys are crazy. Well, they it, do, and, and they're good at it. And, Dustin, this is not the first death that's ever happened oh, at no, Isle of Man. Not at all. And, no. and everybody that... And as a racer, whether it's on a dirt bike, a street bike, a car, a, pe- a pedal bike, whatever you want to say, yeah, there's always a risk with absolutely racing. Period. Um, so it's not like these guys go into it going, "Oh, yeah, nothing's going to happen yeah. to me." No, exactly. No, they know they know there's a risk going into it. <clears throat> no matter what kind of motorsport you're in, you know there's always a risk. But uh, you know, when you strap on the helmet, you're you you're willing to take that risk and, and do what you love. Scary. Our guest is Dustin Matter, lead mechanic, Yamalube Westby Racing Moto America Superbike team. And uh, we um, talk about the weekend. Oh, well, for those of you that haven't seen, the weekend was a struggle for us. Uh, Dunlop came out with the new tire for the series. And, uh, you know, we had some time to test with the tire. Right. And we thought we were, you know, pretty well set to go. But obviously different tracks have different uh, setups. So we came in to Road, Road America thinking we were going to be pretty pretty set to go. But uh, from the first session, we were struggling with the setup. It wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be. So then we were a little bit behind the eight ball and had to figure a few things out, uh, get Matthew back to feeling comfortable and having the feel that he likes to have on the bike. You being a rider so, yourself, and, and uh, I would imagine you – I mean, he's obviously a very accomplished rider too, but um, – how do you guys get through that? Is there a process? Are you are you chasing your tail, or, or what do you what do you do? <laughs> well, the one of the good things about Matthew is he's really really good with feedback, and that really helps um, our crew chief Ed Sullivan and uh, the suspension guy from Owens that we have working with us, John Cornwell. It really helps those guys determine what he's feeling, what he's not feeling, what he needs. <clears throat> And then they sit down and, you know, obviously go over the data and brainstorm about what what move to make next. We're pretty – we take our time on making decisions on what we're going to change and which direction we're going to go because, obviously, it's easy to go in the wrong direction and, and start going down the rabbit hole. So but you don't always have – We're about our changes. Yeah, you don't always have that kind of uh, discretion. In other words, time is not always on your side, right? Not always. <clears throat> not always. But luckily, um, you know, John Cornwell, the Owens guy that works with us, he's super knowledgeable and been around many different racing series. And uh, with his knowledge and the effort from Ed, I mean, those guys are really good about making decisions on which way to go. And then, like I said, you know, Matthew with his feedback is just phenomenal. Right. And it just make, makes making the changes a little bit easier because he knows what he wants and he knows what he likes. Feedback tone is everything. It seemed like you guys oh. had a pretty solid start to the weekend. I mean, you, f- you qualified fourth, and it was just like, what, a half a second off pole? Yeah, the first two practices didn't go too well. We were a little bit off the pace, and then Matthew, you know, struggling with the, f- the feel a little bit. And then, obviously, once we got to uh, day two, when there was 
the second, uh, the third practice, and then in the uh, Super Bowl, we kind of had things a little bit more figured out. Got him the feel he was looking for, and uh, so it was a step forward for sure. <clears throat> but the, we, you know, there was still a little bit of work to be done. The crashes was that a result of the tires or something else? No, it wasn't really a result of the tire. It was more, um, from what I gathered from what Matthew was saying, it was more of a little bit of a rider error and than anything. Maybe he needs a spanking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there, there's no need for that. He beats himself up enough for, uh, for throwing the thing down the road. He knows it's hard work to to get the bike, you know, in good working order, and he he's he definitely beating himself up about it. So, it, with Moto America now has a one bike rule. Can right. you explain to us how that works? And and would Matthew have come in to swap bikes after his race one crash if there was a if, if you guys could option. yeah if you had the backup bike available? Um. The one bike rule, basically, you can only have one bike ready <clears throat> to ride, and that's the bike you, you start the weekend with, and you ride that bike, and if you have a catastrophic crash, and that bike is totally unrepairable, and the, the tech guys deem it unrepairable, then you can swap to your backup bike, and uh, then you can pull the, your other bike out of the trailer and get ready to go however you need to do. But okay. um, if, he, if he would have been able to come in with his bike, we're more than prepared to repair any crash damage that you know, it's sustained just like last year, you know, he, him and Bobby Fong and Jake Lewis were all involved in a, in a crash on the first lap. And, uh, that was a turning point for our season last year. He was able to get his bike back in. We were able to get it repaired in enough time for him to get back out in the race. And, you know, that was where he took points lead in the series and continued to hold the lead for the rest of the series and win the championship. So, you know, it would have been great if he could have got back in and got the bike repaired and, got more points but sometimes it doesn't always work out that way i don't understand that you say that that the one one bike rule is only if the bike's unrepairable so you got to run you run yeah. two bikes through tech but you can't use it unless no, you, you only run one bike through you, tech. no you no i've read this you only have one bike yeah. right you only have one bike ready to go that's the key you, know. you only run yeah. one bike through tech tony and but then okay so what if you do one totally bike, one frame one bike, you totally one frame, bike right? And it's, right. And, they, and it's obviously deemed unrepairable, like the frame is messed up, or then they could have went back. Damaged, then you can pull your other frame out. Yeah. You know, you know, do a swap in the. I think it's a pile of horse. Careful stuff. Well, I mean, Jack some people says I'm okay. that way. Some people don't. I guess if you how do you how do you how do you feel? Situation. Do they? Is I it? Mean, I don't. I don't mind it much. I mean, it can be a, a pain at times, but. If you're prepared enough and you have all your spares laid out and everything built kind of how we do in sub-assemblies and makes it a little bit easier to do crash repair or... What is the reason behind the, the rule? Is it, is it to keep it so everybody can afford to be on the same level or is it something else? I don't get it. I think that's probably more more the reason behind it. Maybe to even the playing field a little bit. You know, there's a lot of guys in their series that don't have necessarily a backup bike fully ready okay. to go and... You know, they just have a bunch of spare parts. So, you know, it's just kind of even the playing field. Obviously, the factory guys, every, all those guys have two bikes 100% ready to go all the time. But, you know, some guys don't have that option. So, they, I think they're just trying to even the playing field and make it a little bit more fair for everybody. Tony, let's, let's go back to 2006. Do you mind? Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to 2006. At that time, you were working for Westby Racing. And after a brief stint with the M4 team, you... Uh, uh, you you went back, okay, and explain. Can you explain to us your role and duties within the Westby uh, Westby Racing Team? Basically, my duties would be 
making sure the bike is ready to go, basically building the bike from the ground up. Wow. You know, okay. um, we have Brian living good, do our motors. And then, you know, we have Owens do our suspension. And from that point, I put everything together, you know, just build the bike from the ground up, all the little, little brackets and trinkets and stuff that we put on there, and, you know, come up with. It's kind of nice uh, being with, you know, the Westby team. We're not, um, we're our own team, so we can right. make our own decisions and make, build the bike how we want to build it. And so that's, that's one of the great things about the team is we kind of, we can kind of do what we want and build the bike how we want. Don't have to follow any specific rules from any, you know, factories or anybody telling us how to do it so um and then you know at the on the race weekends it's just a matter of maintaining the motorcycle make sure there's no issues okay keeping it serviced and ready to go how is that for you as, as a as a guy that's i mean you 2009 you went eight hours of daytona um you, you've 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 got some accomplishments dude and um as a rider as a rider so so when you're there and you i mean i've been a dirt bike racer my whole life and i managed a supercross team for five you were years pretty damn good and i i was miserable the whole time i wanted to go home and ride my dirt bike <laughs> and so it just wasn't for me so i can't imagine making a career out of out of uh especially when you can throw your leg over and still do pretty well right i mean you you filled in for uh um you're a fill-in rider for the team in 16 in new jersey and vir right so yeah i, I mean you've you are uh, you're the man. So so, uh, how is I've been that for you? I've a motorcycle you? racer my whole life. I mean, I started riding when I was three, so I've been around motorcycles my whole life, and that's pretty much what it's all, revol- all revolved around. And obviously, being a rider, you always want to ride. You always want to race. You know, being a racer, we always want to race and win. Um, just sometimes the options not there, whether it be financially or you know having to have a regular job to pay the bills or whatever it takes sometimes you just ride when you can ride and take the opportunities you get and uh you know i don't mind being the mechanic that makes the thing makes builds the bike to win i mean i'm still winning i'm just not the one sitting on the bike <laughs> yeah so. tim four i got it <laughs> the next best thing i guess if you're not on the bike is to be building the bike tony i want to be your bike builder <laughs> wouldn't you, let you, you touch one of my bikes i have, no. I have 11 16 uh, sockets and- <laughs> I do. Whoa, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 16th, you're, you're working on the wrong kind of bike. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's trying. To, I'm hoping you, he's trying you to want be funny. Me to go to MM, MMM. You want me to go to the mil, millimeters? Yeah, you that's what us. we call them in the. Uh, oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, I, I worked on U.S. cars, my friend. I'm you sorry. don't work on anything. How's, how's Chuck G to, to work for? How is he as a crew chief? Chuck is he, Giacchetto. Is he a. I mean, we understand a, that he's a very mean and demanding. Well, yeah, a taskmaster. Uh, just a really. Just a slave driver. <laughs> Just a horrible. Oh, no. I don't know where you heard that from, but that's not the case. He's no, actually a good. He's a, he's a great guy to work with. You know, um, we're big fans. Around, yeah, yeah. He's been around the paddock for a long time, and he knows how which way the ball rolls. And um, you know, it's, it's great to work with him. He knows a lot of people in the industry, and it really helps the team on getting stuff sorted out. And you know, it's he's great to bounce ideas off of because he's he's been around long enough that he knows what's good and what's bad and how to do things right chuck is uh one of the stalwarts if you will and and tony you can feel free to use that word the rest of the i don't even know what it is stalwart a, a guy that stands up and oh. that you can count on has like a, a real pillar in the a pillar yes yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a strong backbone but no chuck is a stalwart of our racing industry we have a lot of respect for him great guest on the program by the way and, always uh, what always yeah yes yes no we're talking with dustin meter uh and and dustin matter 
Meter, meter. Meter, meter. Yeah. I've heard it so many different ways. That's my point I was trying to make, but I uh, was so uh, rudely interrupted by the <laughs> Mexican in the room. I will ask you this. Um, is there a correct way to say your name as far as your family's concerned? Is Metter. It Metter. It is Metter. <laughs> Surprising okay. is the way he says it. Wow, it's weird. Dustin, uh, are you in, you back in Oklahoma then, just hanging out, getting ready for Laguna? Yeah, me and Trudy got back yes, or late last night, and then uh, so I'm here at home just hanging out. And I uh, got some work to do here, and then maybe at some point I'll be going to the shop in Atlanta to do some work to the bikes before we head out, head out to the West Coast and make that trip. When when you travel, are you in an RV, an SUV? Are you are you in a station, big rig? Station wagon. Station. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a Pinto. No, typically a, I ride. To nice. <laughs> typically I ride to the races with Trig in his RV. In 14 and, uh, years, Tony, I think that's the first time anyone ever mentioned going to a race in a Pinto. Is that, is that a wood panel Pinto, by the way? Is there one? Is there, was you there can a make wind? it, no, but you could make it that way if you wanted to. I used to take my 65 Chevy Impala to the races, threw my KX250 in the trunk. True story. Trunk? And yeah, it's a 65. Take. Yeah, it's a big trunk. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Was there, was there part of the bike sticking out, though? Yeah, you'd have to take the tie down and strap the, the trunk down. I still have the car. <laughs> I left, I, I got to tell you, I know. in full honesty, I, I left... Um, I put something in my trunk. It was a gas can, right? I About a five-gallon trunk. But I left the <laughs> trunk open because of the, the smell. I went in and paid for the gas. Uh-huh. And then I left, and I realized that the sound that was coming from inside my car was way too loud. And there were people looking at me. I still had the back hatch mm. of the Cadillac up. So I felt like an idiot. But, um, Tony, you obviously did that intentionally. I'm, sh- I'm sure it wasn't the first time you felt that way. Actually, no. I've been an idiot most of my life. But the point, important point is that you have done this intentionally. Yeah. So you put, a like, a bungee cord or something on it? Yeah, I tied down. Okay. All right. Have you, ever, have you ever been in that position, Dustin, where you have to use a tie-down to tie down a, you know, a, a, a lid or a hatch or anything like that? No, because I'm a van guy. You know? <laughs> I drive a van. So, Chevy uh, van, I hope. I don't have to deal with no hat. Oh, no, a Ford. Oh, man. Nice. Those things. Chevy yeah. Van, a Chevy van will drive itself. A no. Ford, you got to work at. <laughs> nope. We are up against the clock, guys. I got to tell you, I've, I've loved the conversation. It's always good to talk to you, Dustin. Thank you so much for the time today. Appreciate it. Any 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 sponsors you want to recognize? Oh, uh, the list is long. I mean, we got so many sponsors that help out our team. It's amazing. Um, I'll just name off a few of the big ones. Obviously, Yamalube, uh, Westby Racing, Fast Frank Racing, Superbikes Unlimited, um, Wakamoto, Yoshimura. Oh, those are all the big names that really help us out a lot. Well, you did a great job on the program. Appreciate you joining in with us. Uh, and Absolutely. And sure, we'll do it again soon, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. DM right there, Dustin. And Tony, you're going to say it uh, right. Metter. Metter. Dustin Metter. And I would go Meteor. I, I really would. Uh, Brad Baker, I know that name. He's coming up next. In hour number two, Alex Martin and his brother Jeremy. They had a great, outstanding weekend, Tony. And and uh, it was a, it was like a 2-3 weekend for those guys, right? Yeah, 1-2. It's so cool, though. I mean... I don't think we've ever seen two brothers hmm. at that level 
battling for the front. We've seen Brothers Racing, and we made a big deal out about this, but this is really something special. It's very special. As a matter of fact, we're going to have Daniel Blair on to talk about it from Fox Sports because he has a brother as well. They've done just that. They've battled for one and two spots all their life. We're going to have Daniel Blair on. Uh, and Jamie, and will you say it for me, please? Estillo. Estillo. Jamie Estillo is going to be joining us. He finished 18th in the KTM Cup, but I think the story is even better. And Cooper Webb will be joining us, Dustin and uh, Brad. And I'll tell you what, we're going to do uh, what we need to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. And uh, Jack DeLeon, Leanne DeLeon, producing our program. We're going to take us to break. Stay tuned. Back after this. Hey, it's Chad Reed with 221 With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Passionate about motorcycles? Ever heard of the saying that you should make a career out of what you love to do? MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com is a state-of-the-art online job board built exclusively for the power sports industry. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com connects job candidates who are passionate about the motorcycle industry with companies and dealerships that may be looking for you. Upload resumes, receive new job notifications, or just surf the site for your dream job. Turn your passion into a career at Motorcycle industryjobs.com The point is good. 
Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hi, this is Matt Smith, post-op motorcycle racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, hutch, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, mm-hmm. valves, and more just for about any bike, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. And I just see a, a press release on Racer X, and we can kind of talk about this. Wiseco Performance Products rolls out minimum advertised price policy so what does that what does that even mean well in the united states it's illegal to say that you can't sell something for a certain price you but you can't advertise it at below a certain price so and 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 it all stems back to the distributors and the bike shops here's what happens um i go to and i work for weisco and as you guys know here in the studio but (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um so i i i uh i go to that and and the biggest complaint is that the distributor reps they can't sell it. They can't sell it for. The, people are selling on the internet cheaper than what they can sell it to their dealers for. How's that right? It's just it's it's what happens. So people backdoor stuff. They they it happens when you get a company that size. So they've they've got a map policy, and uh, it, it's it's going to be a. I think it's going to be really important to protect the Wiseco brand. You we, you, you th- called it a map policy. Correct. Yeah, yep. And, and what it is is it's. Uh, Minimum, minimum advertised price. Pro- price. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I got that. basically, the, the the product is really good, but unfortunately, because of the internet sales, it, it immediately, the price immediately goes to the basement, and it's not a basement price. Um, Weisco is is a quality product. Sure. And so um, that that's what the map policy is is in place, and and what, what it's know, designed to do, right? And, yep. and a lot of big companies do this. A lot of companies and. You know, if you work in a dealership, you see this, and and PJ and I and I could talk about it. A lot of companies run a map policy on their products so that they they don't get, you know, the distributor doesn't get hosed by cut out, undercut, and yeah. If you can buy it cheaper on the internet, why would you buy it? And that's and and that's all part of, of protecting the distribution channels from from the manufacturer or the vendor to the distributor to the uh to the end user or the, oh, excuse me to the bike shop and then to the end user except okay. on three okay. times so anyway um we've got a uh we've got brad baker on the phone well before we get to brad baker i want to I, I just want to touch base on this 5150 energy drinks uh kyle chisholm hopes he will be cleared to race round four of lucas oil pro motocross at a high point june 16th after crashing in the uh, fast uphill rhythm section of the first 450 moto at thunder valley on saturday so yeah, that was a crash that well a- we what we want to do is just send a prayer out to uh, our buddy kyle chisholm because he's a great guy great guest but more than anything he loves to compete so just prayers out to uh, chisholm and uh, a safe recovery all right thanks it was an exciting podium uh finish in lexington kentucky for our next guest brad baker joins us what's up bad brad <laughs> hey how's it going guys <laughs> glad to be on the show again yeah it's been a little while since we've had you how is everything uh it's going pretty good um been uh racing like a madman and uh <laughs> traveling around and doing the deal man it's uh been a pretty eventful season so far well, you guys are definitely um, making history within the sport with the uh, the Indian brand and, and uh, uh, comment on that, if you will, please, because it's uh, 
you know, and and I don't know if this is directly related, but you, you read everything where where Harley is is really struggling in sales, and that whole segment of big V twin motorcycles is struggling. Right. And while all that's happening, Indian is double down. They're killing. They're it. killing it in their numbers and their. And I don't know, it, you know, they they started with way less, so it's easy to have show growth when you're that small, but. Uh, it just seems like the marketing, and I was just thinking about this, Brad. I was going down the road, and I'm thinking, why would their success on the racetrack translate into those big thumpers, you know, those big V-twins, but it just seems like it's working. It it really does. I mean, um, you know, not everything that they're just doing on the racetrack, I think, is helping them, but their their marketing strategy just in general is really good. I mean, the things that they've done with the custom FDR twelve hundred um, videos with uh, guys like Kerry Hart, myself, um, you know they're they're just kind of getting involved in the the younger culture altogether. I mean, drummers and all sorts of different musicians and whatnot, getting them on motorcycles, and um, they're really just kind of following the trends really well. And one of them just happens to be flat track racing. And they're uh, dominant in it. I mean, been dominant since last year. So uh, that definitely is. What was the What was the original team called, Tony? It was the uh, the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew. And I had a chance to go one on one with the original Wrecking Crew at 199 years old. Both guys. Like a wrestling match? No, no. It was, they were sitting in chairs. <laughs> It was me and Frank Frank Fritz from American Pickers. We oh, yeah, went one on one at your race, by oh, the yeah, way, in Davenport, yep, yep. coming up in August. But uh, the thing I've noticed is that this company has poured itself into what we call the future of racing. I mean, they are dedicated to the beautiful the, the beautiful idea of winning through technology. Okay, and they put great guys on the seats. I get that. But they've they've done a great job of saying, "Hey, we're here to win." Tony? No, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, now they they have that motorcycle that's available to to everybody. I mean, uh, we we don't just have the three wrecking crew riders. Right. Uh, we got basically a tribe of Indians out there, if you will. Um, I think there's twelve of us on Indians in the main event here. Uh, last weekend wow. in so yeah and, and uh there's a lot of good riders i mean jeffrey carver kenny Coolbeth, henry wilde davis fisher chad coast i mean and then a, a list of others i mean um they're not uh slouches by any means you know so um it's made the uh the racing really competitive but you know harley davidson showed uh some glimpses of being more competitive this last weekend too i mean uh boy they're taking a beating though Oh, yeah, they definitely are. I mean, competitive, you know, would be like, okay, almost winning races. They're always being up at the front, uh, towards the front, and they, they've only been, done that a few times. So. Terry Vance has taken a beating on the Internet, man. I'll tell you what, they have just they've just butchered that guy. and it's, and he, he was on the show like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. It's been a couple months, but I'm with well, you. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Has it really been a he, yeah. he's the guy in charge i mean it, it's uh that's that's his baby and if it's floundering then obviously they somebody's gonna have to have the, the finger pointed at him and it you know he's he's the guy in charge he he took that responsibility 
Let me ask you this, Brad. Speaking of internet warriors and and inter- internet experts, um, the equipment that you can go buy, and it's quite expensive to buy one of these motorcycles. And we've had last week we had uh, Corey Texter on, and he basically said, "I can't afford to go racing because." Well, he it's was 40, talking about like thirty, forty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's forty thousand dollar bike to go buy one of these new Indians to be competitive, and he said right. that price is out of out of my realm, and and so I'm. I was doing a single, and he said it, it wasn't any fun, and now he's not racing. So he's not a fan, but obviously the the racing's been awesome. But my question to you is: is, is the, the 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 equipment that you have is a factory racer? How much different is that, or do you know, than the stuff that you can go buy? If I'm number ten and I want to go buy a new that's Indian a, or, or get somebody question. to buy an Indian for me, how how much better is your stuff? Do you know? I mean, I can't imagine that at a factory level they're going to go sell. I mean, every advantage that you have, or do they? You know, you you want to think, but uh, they pretty much have, and that's why you know the motorcycle um, in the hands of rider like Jeffrey Carver and Kenny Coolbeth and Henry and a few others. You know why they've been up front and and been able to beat us or at least be in contention to beat us is because that motorcycle pretty much comes off the showroom floor that good i mean there's still the the stuff that you that every rider does um to tailor make it to themselves the suspension and controls and whatnot to get themselves comfortable but far as overall chassis and and um engine combinations they have everything available to them that we do and it's not like and I mean, it comes with a really good engine package to start with. It run, it runs, uh, you know, basically just as good as our factory bikes. And you know that that's uh, maybe one thing that India maybe shouldn't have done was like just uh, put a put a little bit of a crutch on the the uh, the privateer bikes that they at least have to figure out how to make an extra five horsepower. That's it, right you know? there, right. Um, it's 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 additional horsepower and brad is it the top end or the bottom end what's more important to a racer and a race team top end or bottom end in other words the initial power uh really i wouldn't say it's not overall power and it's about the overall curve not really having it in one place or the other it's like having an overall smooth forgiving curve and okay you know and every racetrack's different you know we go to you know, tracks all the way from like a quarter mile to a mile long. And obviously on the quarter mile, um, you would want less horsepower actually, because if you can have all the horsepower in the world, but if you can't put it to the ground and get traction, right. it's not going to do you any traction so, control, all of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't have traction control though. And these are, yeah, you do. It's in your right wrist. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. In your exactly. foot. Yeah. You know, no, that's, that's true. I mean, the, the ride has <laughs> traction control. So, um, so yeah, but it's so, it's so like we go from different surfaces too, you know, some tracks are, uh, deep and loamy and have quite a bit of grip and some racetracks are smooth and super, super slick, you know, so, um, trying to find different power curves that work for types of racetrack sizes and, and surfaces is kind of, um, more on just rider giving good feedback to the team and the team being able to make the adjustments to the bike to make it go forward you know so really that's that's where like Jeremy's and, and his team are 
why they're so dominant is that they're, they've been together for so long and Kenny Tolbert's super knowledgeable and Jared's good, a good rider with gives good feedback and they, they chase the racetrack all day long and they, they, they come up with a good setup and, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's part of flat track racing is, is just adapting to how everything changes throughout the night. You bet. And I tell you what, the next race you got coming up is the Oklahoma City Mile, presented by Indian Motorcycles of Oklahoma City. And I tell you what, if, if, if there's a race, in my opinion, to watch that's cool, I, I really think just the roost and everything off this, this racetrack is, is pretty neat to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's a racetrack that suits my style, so I'm, I'm <laughs> just as excited. That's um, awesome. You know, those, those types of racetracks, I mean, yeah, they you can pretty much the harder you ride, the faster you go, you know. And on some of these racetracks, like, say, Lexington last weekend, it was uh, very, very slick and, and technical, you know. If you if you just ride tried to, tried to ride just a little too hard, you get off that little notch groove and you were kind of gone Johnson. So it's like that saying, go slow to go fast. And me, I, I just don't get along with that saying very well. You, like, you want to twi- be able to twist the throttle oh, and go. Oh, it's so awesome to yeah. watch, man. I, I tell oh. you what, that's the racetrack. We're out of time, but I, I'm i uh, yeah, big fan of that. I know you're going to do well this this coming race. Well, thank you, guys. Good I luck, Brad. It. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride hard to go fast. <laughs> so, um, appreciate you guys having me on very much. It's always good, fun to be on. Good job out of you, buddy. Thank you so much. It was 2016, Tony, if you remember, RCH Racing Suzuki's Ken Roxon. Went one and one at Thunder Valley in Colorado, topping the 2-4 of Red Bull KTM's Ryan Dungey. Roxham would go on to win that race, setting the stage for what would become and is an incredible career. Oh, it's quite a story. Roxham is one of the best racers I think I've ever seen. Big shout out to uh, Cooper Webb, Dustin Meter, and uh, Brad Baker. Coming up in hour number two, Tony, who do we got? Yeah, we're going to talk to both the Martins right after this and Daniel Blair and Jamie Astier. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly as we continue. Scott Casper with you. Tony Wank, Roman Avila in studio. PJ Duran with the week off. Uh, Ed Kulenkamp along the way. I want to thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for their contributions. And yes, I am standing upright, Chris. Appreciate the thought and uh, <laughs> the question. Jack and, De- and uh, Leanne De Leon are producing our program. Let's go to headline news with uh, Roman Avila. Roman? Well, it's not, it is pretty headline. And I guess if you follow, you know, International Motocross or MXGP, um, big story is. Uh, Hurling's going 1-1, but on the last lap pass to, with him and Cairoli, they kind of get together and Cairoli goes down. Cairoli went down in a big way. Yeah. I saw that. And, and uh, it puts a lot of, gets a lot of the, what Tony likes to call the internet heroes talking <laughs> a about. A lot of experts out there. Oh, you know. A lot of experts. And it. You read about four or five of the comments, yeah, and then you're just like, okay, that's... This is terrible. But, you know, racing's racing. Did Hurlings intend to take him out? No. Yes. Well, I don't... I, I think don't, it's. I a, don't know. I think saying. it's a racing incident, and I think Cairoli could have saved himself and just backed off a little bit, but... Because Hurlings was definitely faster. Guys, I think we witnessed something this weekend. Something very, very special. What was it? That we don't see in this sport or any Enough. sport, really is uh, two brothers at the very top level well, we're in gonna, their class. We're going to talk just, about that. That's all, The whole entire second hour is designed to talk about brothers and racing, Tony. I don't have a brother, Scott. I know, and I'm so sad I'm just, about that. I, <laughs> I don't I, either, unfortunately. I actually do, and I don't talk to him. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk to Daniel Blair from Fox Sports about being a brother and being competitive. But we're going to start the hour, and rightfully so, with two guys, Tony, that you know very well. Yeah, I'm real proud of both of them. A couple of Minnesota natives. They, they grew up right down the road from us and and uh, have actually spent a little time with Alex 10 years ago. I can't even believe it. But I know, right? Alex Martin and Jeremy Martin join us now. Jack, if you bring them both up. Welcome, guys, to the show, and, and congratulations over the weekend. What a, what a neat thing to watch and experience for us as fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Tony. Thanks for having us on. Now, is yeah, this... Thanks. Is this Al- let's let's decide who's who? Uh, Alex, say hello. What's up, guys? Hello. Okay. <laughs> Big Al. Alex is the one that sounds more like his mom. Big Al and uh, <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy, say hello to our listeners. Hey, what's going on? Okay, all right. Okay, so Alex sounds like he's more from Minnesota. And Jeremy, you know, I listened to his voicemail. Jeremy's been off the farm long. He says, "Please leave somehow. a voicemail." That's all I hear. <laughs> And and I leave a voicemail. And I I never get a return well, call. You Might gotta, be a reason. You got to pull in. You got to pull in Amart to get the job done. <laughs> Is that what so, I got to do? <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, and and you can take turns talking about it. But I just I just uh, having known you guys and and uh, you know we don't talk a lot now, but just knowing you over the years and following your career and and uh, I know Alex, you're older and you you've been at it since 2009 as a pro. Um, which is this is your tenth season, you know. It's, it's, it's hard to believe, but it, it is. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, I think it's really special, and and to see you guys racing clean and to, to race at that level, it's just it's uh, 
you know, not to make it too corny, but I, I really think it's something that we're not going to get to experience ever again. Well, name another duo, dude. I yeah, mean, seriously, I mean, look at Plessinger, look at Cooper, Forkner. I don't care who you look at. Nobody has a brother that's pressing or even in the field. Right. So, right? Alex, what's that yeah. like as you as the older brother that that you're uh, took you longer to, in your career to get to that level, but you're there. You're at the top. Oh, you're making me blush, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, it's actually pretty cool, like, uh, talking to you, Tony, because, uh, you know, it feels like another lifetime ago, really. 2009, mm-hmm. racing uh, Ty Honda, West Coast Series, maybe pretty much didn't qualify for most of the <laughs> Supercross races. I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, man, so long ago. And I think I started to get some momentum in the in the Outdoor Series that year, and like wonder warthog and privateer stuff and wow yeah you know grinded for seven years and finally got a factory ride with star and and now been with tld for two years and it's fun it's it's obviously really cool to be to be battling with germa for race wins now and you know last couple of years been up front in the nationals battling so um it just feels like such a long time ago though that we were we were uh you know driving the motorhome up to man what was it Drove the motorhome to one of the West Coast Supercross races. It was uh, the drove, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the uh, the one up in uh, uh, San San San, San Francisco. San, okay, San Francisco. Yeah, we had Kiwi yeah. with us. It was it was miserable. I had to drive all the way back, and I'm like, "That's it, boys. I'm done." <laughs> pulled over, and, and it was. But you know what? It was it was. Um, I honestly think if if you had had you were a victim, I think of the time. 2009 was coming right out of right out of the, the recession recession yeah. and it bad left, timing and you were you were a, a i mean you were alex martin and it was it was a you know you were a guy that should have had a, a better ride better than what ride. you did but yep. there just wasn't anything available so um i do remember uh you know wishing that i had better equipment for you and that kind of thing and, and knowing that you're you're basically taking a knife to a gunfight and uh but that's mm-hmm. but that was that you were there because that's what was available to you, right. you know. And then I think yeah. uh, Jeremy, you, you know, you being a little younger, the economy, the the definitely the industry was on a on an uptick and and definitely a more positive area. What when did what year did you turn pro, Jeremy? Uh, I turned. I did a my first professional race. I think it was Unadilla in 2012. Wow. Um, and then my first full rookie season was 2000 in 2013. It seems like we've been talking about the Martin brothers forever, but out of Millville, Minnesota, it's not too far. I mean, I remember Tony Tice and I, Tony, if you recall, rode motorcycles up there. We switched, you know, every 15, 20 minutes because my hands were asleep. You'd ride on the back with him? <laughs> yeah. Every other, every oh, jeez. Oh, oh, not that. Pilot. Oh. But, um, Jeremy, I remember going up to your property and being so very proud of, of you and Alex and being on your property up there with your folks. Um, but now I see, you know, the family's almost split and Jeremy talk about you riding a Honda and talk about Alex riding a KTM. Is that difficult for you guys or is it just a, a paint job? Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, we were fortunate enough to be able to ride together on the same team back in, was it 2016 big Al? Yep. With star. Yeah. Yeah, with Star. So, I mean, that was cool, you know. I mean, we trained together in 2015, and then to be on the same team was, was cool. We were around each other all the time, and, 
and that was that was really it was fun you know it was kind of like we grew up like right alex was riding for ty lube and i had the super mini and we'd go down and we'd just ride together and you know we'd do our deal so um you know now nowadays it's obviously a little bit different i mean he's got he's got tld ktm he works with and i work with geico honda so it's two different programs we don't see each other nowhere near as much as we used to but you know, I can, he's still a phone call away, so I can't quite get rid of him, you know? Tony, here's the deal. Right now, if you call Alex on his phone, he can save you 15% on That'd be your... Jeremy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeremy. Jer- Jeremy, yeah, because Alex will forward you to Jeremy's number. But if you call Jeremy right now, you can save 15% on your insurance with Geico. Mm-hmm. Did Super. you know that? Hmm. Yeah, that's a hey guys, let's, uh, shameless plug. Let's talk about last weekend. How did, how did that go for you two in that second moto? Yeah, yeah, no, that was a pretty unique and cool experience because, uh, I mean, Jeremy and I have shared the podium, you know, quite a bit over the last couple of years, but um, it, it doesn't really sink in, obviously, when we're out there going toe-to-toe, but, like, second moto, is kind of cool that, you know, it was basically, you know, winner-take-all. Whoever gets the moto win gets the overall, and, you know, we battled for a good 15 minutes, and, I mean, I was happy to get that whole shot, lead some laps, and, and tried my best to hold Derm off, but just kind of the whole scenario was pretty cool how it played out and, and you know, how we're um, in the fight for the championship. It's it's going to be an exciting summer, and, and I'm, you know, just trying to – I'm back here in Florida trying to get myself uh, as better prepared as I can so I can kick his ass this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty warm down in Florida too, I imagine. Yeah, it's pretty humid for sure. Uh, you know, Derma's got the elevation and altitude. He's, he's going up to 10,000 feet on a regular basis, but I got the – you know, 95 degrees in the humidity in there. The benefits are almost mutual, but I guess we'll see what's better at the end of the summer. <laughs> you know, Tony, you love the humidity, right? I do. Yeah, I was just telling Neymar that on off, and off I, air. And I don't, obviously. Um, but sweat, I, th- I think when you get a good sweat going, there's a benefit, right? Yeah, you you get a good drip down your butt crack if that's what you're talking about i don't know if that's a benefit or not but and you thought about me destroying the show but (laughs) you just nailed it um what is it uh between jeremy and alex alex let's start with you what is it about working up a good sweat while training that uh you find beneficial um well there's a lot to be said like from a scientific standpoint of uh how the body adapts to the heat and increasing heat shock proteins and uh you know, your blood plasma and all that stuff that there's a lot of advantages physically to training in the heat, but okay. there's a lot to, to be gained with the altitude germy and the red blood cells, the hemoglobin and all that stuff. So what if you, so what if you train in the heat and at altitude? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Ever, I don't know if there's a, anything like that anywhere on the planet, you know? <laughs> yeah, there is. I've been there. It's called Where? Afghanistan. Oh, <laughs> right. You know, I, yeah. in the Middle East. I don't, I don't know if there's many good uh, tracks in Afghanistan. Uh, I, I, we did see some dirt it's bikes, and sandbox. I was and I was super tempted to jump on one and ride one. But when I was over there, I became immediately dehydrated, and I almost died. Oh uh, well. Okay. Hydrate, hydrate or die. It's well, there what are. They big, say. You remember the big pallets of water in the middle yeah. of the desert? You just ride up, grab a, a liter sure. and a half. I don't no. remember it. Well, no. but I was there. Anyway, anyway so we're talking with uh, the Martin Brothers. Uh, this portion of our program brought to you by Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa. See the friendly staff there. Find them online at hicklinpowersports.com. Alex, you're you're down at Baker Factory in Florida. Jeremy, you're up in uh, in Colorado with Eli Tomac. Um, 
Can you guys both kind of talk about your your training and, and what that's like on a typical week for you? I mean, I, Tomac, I assume, does a lot of pedaling. Um, yeah, I mean, we we do our fair share of uh, of mountain biking and 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 riding and some gym stuff, but uh, it's just really laid back. Back, you know, here in Cortez, Colorado, it's um, it kind of reminds me of growing up in Millville. Everything's pretty. Um, we're out in the country and we're pretty secluded, and it's just. Uh, there's nothing to do but just kind of train and focus on what needs to be done. You know, for me, the only thing in Millville, Minnesota, are the Martins. That's it. I would never go there for any other reason other than to see the Martins. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Alex, what's it like I, down at the I Baker Factory? It. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's cool. It's, you know, I'm grateful to, to be able to train down here at this facility and, um, you know, train with, you know, Marvin and Zach and Jason and, and uh, Dean, Shane, all you know, all the guys. It's, it's a cool group, and um, you know they do a good job keeping up with the facility, and they got good equipment. And you know, we actually just got a new track layout, so um, and, and a chance to get the race in the heat and and have your body adapt to that is always cool too. So yeah, keeps it fun for sure. We've we've Jeremy and I have both trained, man, everywhere basically from California, Minnesota. We spent some time in Nebraska, Iowa, and you know South Carolina, Club of Max, and even down in Carmichael, so we definitely kind of hit every spot of the country. It seems like I got to ask you guys both. We we were talking about this earlier with uh, a little bit old news now with Brock Tickle, but um, with such a, a strict training regimen and, and knowing exactly what you're putting in your body and and knowing what's legal and what isn't legal, how did this happen? How did how does that happen? Um, with WADA and, and do you think WADA has a place and do you think they should have a place here in our sport? Yeah, yeah for sure. I guess they should have a place in the sport. Uh, that's, no. Let's go to Jeremy. Jeremy? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for sure WADA should have a place in the sport. I mean, um, this is this is a very, you know, I know it's not really considered an endurance sport because you're on a dirt bike and people are like, well, you just get on it and push the throttle and go, but it's kind of the opposite and um i think it's good and it's it's crazy it's a it's a really big bummer that brock you know got busted or whatever but um you know i mean ellen's regarded as one of the best trainers of all time and you know he's known for being really strict and telling the riders what to what to take and what what not to and stuff like that so i'm pretty surprised that um you know pretty crazy that something like that ended up happening well remember that the products that we put in our body are not always accurately described and because wada the world anti-doping agency if you will um says that you know somebody's violated a rule uh, like like Stewart, for example okay it, just speak it, it may be an instance where you have a product that has something in it that is violating uh, the rule or the code. So when they test it, it's it's kind of questionable. But at least we have a, a a bar. Okay, set the bar, Tony. Set the bar. The bar's here. Okay, and you've got to make sure you're under the bar. That's the deal. Alex is training there. I'd like to hear his his. Well, let's go to Alex. Alex, what are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah no, I mean honestly, it's kind of concerning with the way Brock got uh, popped because that methyl hexaanamine that he got in the system, uh, I mean, you can go into any GNC vitamin shop across right. the country, buy some pre-workout, which, you know, people in LA fitnesses and gyms across the country are probably taking before they go do their workouts. 
and that could very well get you, uh, you know, a failed drug test. Exactly. It, it sucks because, like Jeremy said, um, we need water and you saw the inner sport to keep things clean because we don't need things like steroids, human growth hormone, those type of supplements, obviously, um, you know, that have real performance benefits. But uh, it's like, it should be... For something like Brock, like it should be maybe like a five, six race suspension, like I don't know, four years is a little steep and it's I think strong. their protocol is a little bit more geared towards like track and field athletes and cyclists. Or wrestlers. Um, yeah. So I just think it's yeah, but, you know, we're not gonna see Brock on the track again, is what I think. That, and, that's, and that's the bummer. Right? It just stinks. I mean he was a factory racer and and uh it was. I guarantee it was not yeah. intentional. I guarantee I, you. I believe no, that. it's that's, not intentional. And like it's so, it's scary how easy it is. Like I mean, shoot. I mean, hopefully. I mean, because it could have very well been a contamination thing, and it's like, well, right. And know, but they destroy all the samples. That's the kicker yeah. for me. But that, that it scratches my head all the time. So here's, and I understand why how we got WADA. It's because the FIM. No, and it's because the, the U.S. Meddling. doping agencies sucked. That's why what? we got them. No. Because the U.S. doping agency actually is, isn't that what uh, Outdoor Diseases? Yeah. Right? And they've, I've heard better things about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they suck, dude. I got to tell but you, they suck. Anyway. Um, WADA is 100% better, and WADA isn't, isn't that good, but we have to have a bar. We have to have, well, right? Yeah. You have to have a bar that's attainable, and you got to have proper communication with the athletes, with the teams. Water does not do that and hasn't uh, done yeah, it. A prime, prime example is Chris Broom is nine months into a, a case with, I think, a asthma uh, inhaler that he got popped for nine months ago, and they still haven't resolved well, with water. And, nine months. And Cade Clayson's the same way, right? Didn't he get, not, and I don't think it's asthma, but he got popped, and he still hasn't had a decision. It was Adderall that got him, yeah. 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 Yep. So I mean I, I I from a from an athlete perspective from you know Are you I, an athlete? Well, yeah, I used to be. <laughs> I just pretend to ride dirt bikes now. <laughs> but uh you know, I, I just can't imagine that any sanctioning body for sports would want a you know, a a, a doping agency or whatever to not have a communication line open. So anyway, the two most visible, uh, two most visible sports that deal with WADA are fighting and motorcycle racing. Okay, and they both called WADA into question. There's got to be a problem there. When when my when my buddy fought in in Japan, and they said he was dirty, and they immediately destroyed the evidence. How is that right? Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. But uh, hey, we got High Point coming up, Martins. And uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do on the track. No, another one-two battle, maybe? be awesome. That would be sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. who would be number one, though? Alex? I, I'm going to go for Big Al. <laughs> Big Al all the way. And you wonder why Jeremy doesn't answer your calls, boys. Jeremy, hey. uh, I got Jeremy. I got Jeremy I, in uh, the number one spot. I think they're both great. I, I applaud both of you guys what you're accomplishing. It, it's amazing. And... Uh, it's great that you can have your brother there beside you to uh, to accomplish that. So, Jeremy, will you take my calls from now on? Yeah, yeah, um, I can take you guys' calls. Yeah, I didn't even have the number saved. 
Dude, I called you like five freaking times. You Seriously. probably thought you were some stalker. I was a stalker. That's my job. That's, that's his deal. I'm a professional kind of stalker. Good service up there. Yeah. That must be that, I, I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> I left messages. Anyway, Jeremy and Alex Martin have been our guests. They are our two favorite brothers, and i got to tell you, Dude, the uh, dudes, the future looks awfully bright because you are part of our racing scene and uh, finishing well on the weekend. But we're looking forward to what the future looks like for you guys. Good job out of both of you. Jeremy, thank you. Alex, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. All right, guys. Hey, best to your mom and dad, okay? There we go. They head to the uh, pits. Tony, who's up next? Yeah, we're going to talk to Daniel Blair, who's with Fox Sports. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Ben Bostrom. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden racetech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible racetech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF-R3 sport bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hickland Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. 
Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey everybody, this is Jeff May, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, so uh, Tony, you're going to be uh, selling fireworks over the next couple I weeks. I am the fireworks carny of the Iowa. The king, the king of Iowa. The king carny of Iowa. Right, Cannot and wait. you're going to be doing the show uh, remotely via via cell phone, right? No, I'm not going to do it at all, actually. How many, uh, how many shows are you going to miss? A good portion Because I'll be on vacation most of July. What will you be doing? Uh, I'll be there for July. Uh, July 3rd is, is a Tuesday, so I'll be there for that show. And right. then and then after that, I'm in. No sweat. My Iowa Barnstormers will be most likely in the uh, the bowl game because Saturday night, I don't know if you paid attention. I didn't. But the Iowa Barnstormers uh, took sole possession of first place, whipping, whipping up on Last our – are you going to get a ring? Yes, that's Another the whole ring. plan. That's the whole reason I'm doing the that's damn thing. It's the whole thing. reason you announced it, so you can get those rings. Yeah, I got it. I yeah. love the rings, yeah. but we beat Arizona, and, yep. and quite frankly. For the second time. No, it's actually a fourth time Scott, in a row. the Lord of the is, Rings. Yeah. Well, second time this season, though, right? Third time this season. Oh, okay. So it was, it was uber cool. This weekend we play the, uh, the Sioux Falls uh, squad, which I believe is the Storm, and uh, we will beat them as well, and then we'll come back home and then face Cedar Rapids, which is kind of a team. But uh, <laughs> but if y'all want tickets, I want you to either call Tony or or you can call uh, PJ or any of the guys here in the studio because, quite frankly, I have tickets for you. Okay, uh, don't it's going to be a great time. Gonna... <laughs> this portion of the show brought to you by our friends at uh, Hicklin Power Sports. Tony, they've got Sea-Doo, they've got Yamaha, Can-Am, Beta, KTM, and Polaris. All under one roof, and it's a newly enlarged showroom. Yeah, and they have a they have a bunch of KTM bicycles on sale right now. I'm, Didn't I'm you a, buy one? I got the the uh, the pedal bike, the e the e. It's a power bike. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Sweet, it's fun. Is and that what I was riding around here? Yes, yes. on that's the third what, floor. That's what but, we rode. But they have some cyclocross bikes that are like super trick, and and I told Bart I would give cyclocross. him literally half of what he had in it, and he said yes. So. <laughs> Is that what I wrote a cycle? And then he said, "Bring no. me your money," and I said, "I, I have to." Say Can no. I just owe it to you? Yeah, that's what I said. So, well, our buddy, I, let me tell you something. Hicklin is, has been with us for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, Bart Hicklin, I've known since we were kids. And you can't buy a a, a motorcycle or an ATV or a four wheeler. What are the What are the? Uh, I won't buy four. What do you call the four wheelers that are the, more, uh, the side by sides? Side by sides. And by the way, UTVs. I, when I was watching, when I was watching the Isle of Man, they started off with the side, with the car, the side car. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't consider those sidecars. I well, don't. That's what they call them it's from an, the old days. It's an interesting race for sure. Uh, well, you ought to see them racing motocross tracks. That's crazy. that's insane. I've seen that video. Yeah. I don't. Me. I don't. I, I don't want to look at it anymore. All right. Let's go to our next guest. You ready? I bet he is. Yeah. Daniel Blair joins us. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you boys doing? Are you a fan of the side-by-sides or the sidecar races like we saw from Isle of Man? 
Uh, they terrify me. So, <laughs> no. I, you know what's weird, too, is being a dirt bike racer my whole life, it, it's never really scared me because I'm familiar with it. Everything else, though, scares me. Street bikes, quads, UTVs, I'm terrified by all that stuff. Wow. Well, some of those things you should be terrified by, but uh, especially quads. Because if you're good on a motorcycle and you think you can accomplish anything on a quad, t- chances are you're going to get hurt. At least that's been oh, yeah. my experience. And- and the way they ride those things now, too, is crazy. I had a chance last year to do some uh, interviews with some of the quad guys that won, like, the, the I guess it would be the MX of Nations, but right. for quads. Right. And now I'm friends with the guys, follow them on Instagram, and the things they do on those things is ridiculous. I, I mean, they're stepping it up just like the guys in moto. It seems like every year they just get a little better. This portion of our show brought to you by Swell Vodka. Six times distilled, six times filtered means no headaches the day after. Swell Vodka, look for it at a uh, in the well near you at your local favorite watering hole. Daniel uh, Blair, our guest. Daniel, we're talking with Alex and uh, Jeremy Martin right before you, and we're talking about brothers, and you have a special connection in that you have a brother that raced as well. Um what what are these guys going through right now in their heads? What what's in their hearts? What's in their heads? Because quite frankly, finishing one and two is is contentious at best. Probably some of the most conflicted feelings you could imagine. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about it for yourself. You you do all the work, you train, you go to the races, you line up. I mean, you have this. You got to have some bit of fury in you, you know, if you want to be competitive and be a winner. And then you get out there, you go through all the chaos of the opening laps, and then there's your brother. And that's the one guy who's going to stop you from accomplishing what you've been <laughs> working towards for a week, a month, a year, whatever. So you have these conflicted feelings because you're kind of proud because that's like a version of you. It's family and whatever. But then you're also probably super motivated because a brother rivalry is even more Don't let him beat you. you probably have with the rest of your competition. So. Super conflicted feelings, but, I mean, as far as the Martin brothers go, I can just imagine what the parents are feeling. I mean, what a good feeling when you're either at home watching on TV or you're there and you're watching your two sons and you're just like, wow, well, we did all right. Yeah, it's it's got to be something special for – it is for us even. You know, we, we live four hours from where they grew up and watch these kids race. And, and uh, you know, and Alex – we talked about it on the show earlier in, in the hour – uh, when when Alex was racing for the team that I was running, the Tyler team, um, you know his brother honestly was probably the same speed on a super midi, and, and so it was just so much fun to to uh, tease Alex about it. But uh, now Alex, he's been a pro for ten years, and so it's you know it was it, it was it was one of those deals where uh, you just kind of wonder if he's ever going to get there. And in the same with Brayton, I mean Brayton had such a great career. But now he's finally he's won a he's won a Supercross and it's right you know you just don't know that that uh, what it's how long it's going to be but uh, yeah it's it's been pretty special for us to watch and I can't imagine how how proud his parents and family are oh for sure and it's crazy too because I I had a little bit of an insight that their success might come at least Jeremy's I actually went over and raced overseas once uh, in Sweden. And it's funny because I was actually with my brother. Me and my brother went together, and we had breakfast with Alex Martin, and we were just sitting there kind of talking to him about things. And I didn't know he had a little brother, and he told me, yeah, I've been training with my little brother. He's still an amateur. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, I mean, how, how, you know, how much little or younger? I'm thinking maybe like a little kid. He's like, 
oh, he's a B rider right now. He's intermediate. And I said, oh, that's good. Is he pretty good? He's already smoking me, and he's already and he's just an intermediate. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So I kind of that was the first time I ever even heard Jer- about Jeremy. And then you know, fast forward two, three years, all of a sudden he's a champion. And it was funny because Jeremy did come up and had a lot of success early, won those titles. Where Alex, it did take a little bit longer. Sometimes I kind of wonder if Jeremy's success gave Alex the extra boost that he needed to take the next step. Because Alex was good for a long time. I mean, he was solid. He was he, he was a good privateer. You could tell there was something there, but it really wasn't what it is now. But it seemed like right when Jeremy took the leap, Alex took the leap too. And, and that goes back to those conflicted feelings. I feel like that might have given him a little bit of a motivation and a boost. And now Alex is he's you know in the prime of his career, and he's having his best results. So... It's just funny to remember those stories back and remember that I heard about Jeremy when he was an intermediate, and the first person that told me was his older brother, who was a pro, was having success, yet he told me his little brother was already beating him, and he was an intermediate. So it's, like, again, goes back to the parents and the family, and just they're, they're both hard workers. They're, they're both good guys. And, um, I mean, if you're going to see two brothers have success, it's no one better than those two. They're, they're awesome guys. You know, and uh, we talked about this too. I think Alex was a little bit of a victim of the recession in 2009, turning pro. There wasn't a whole lot of rides going around, and and uh, Jeremy had a better opportunity in 2012 when he when he did finally walk onto a team as a as a pro in his full. You know, he did Unadilla that year, and then his full rookie season in 2013. And there's more rides back then, and and uh, than there was for Jer- for Alex. So, um, you know, I think that played a part in it too. I can remember. Um, Alex skipping uh, some test days that we had scheduled for him to go train at Rhinoland when that was a thing. And, uh, you know, not being as structured of a team as, as, as Jeremy was on, you know, a star or whoever, um, they, you know, that it, uh, I think it just took it longer for Alex to get there, but obviously he's under the Baker factory and, and under that guy's wing, he's, he's in good hands. And, you know, I look forward to see what they can do at High Point, and, and I don't know what you're up to, Daniel, but I did see an email that uh, MX Sports sent out there looking for flaggers at uh, <laughs> at High Point. So if you're looking for a gig, there it is, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't hit me up directly yet, so uh, put the word out there. I'm available, but I'll be honest with you. I, it, it would be expensive because I, I, I'm not in the mood to travel. I mean, right? I just finished Supercross. And believe it or not, of all the years I raced Supercross for 15 years, I never did the entire series. I, I, there was times when I would do 12 or 13, because I would ride the East and the West, but I never really could afford or had the, the means to do the entire thing. So this year, with the gig that I had with Race Day Live and the gig with TV, this was actually my first full year of Supercross. <laughs> I did all 17. <laughs> and I tell you right now, I'm wiped out. I am enjoying my summer. So if they want me to flag, it's going to cost them... Ten times more what they pay. What, what, what does that I look like? What, what's the, what's the check at the end of the day? At the at the end of the day, look like Daniel. Is it is it a thousand dollars? Is it fifteen hundred bucks for you to flag? How much is it? Yeah, well, how much for you to flag? Maybe I want you to come flag one of my. I races. would like to see you flag in Winterset, Iowa. Yeah, Riverside. Raceway. Honestly, this might sound a little extreme, okay. but. I would go probably at least a thousand dollars per lap. So uh, <laughs> a lap, a lap. I told you, dude. Rich. I'm tired. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have okay. half-lap races today because <laughs> Daniel Blair is flagging. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, hey, but I, I promise you guys I'll do a really, really good job. So oh, Daniel sweet. Blair days, Tony. Let's put it on the schedule. What do you say for next year? 
Mm. What are you, what is your schedule, Dano? We we saw that uh, obviously Arena Cross is done, and and we were watching you. And I I don't know if you remember, but I was texting you, telling you how awesome you were on Supercross, and so proud of you. And really, you are good. And I and I yeah. obviously you you've been with Supercross now, and you've you've got a job there. I I hope <laughs> is that the case? Have you signed a contract, or what's what's the what's the scoop? Well, there's first off, Arena Cross is gone, and I'm I'm bummed about that, obviously, because right. that was my not only is it my first pro racing started Arena Cross, but I also ended my career racing in Arena Cross, and then I started my TV career in Arena Cross. So it's like wow. I got a super soft spot for that series, and and I'm super bummed that it's gone. But at the same time, it's you know things change, and obviously they have went in a different direction. They got the amateur um, Supercrosses that are be coming out. The amateur, I think they call it amateur futures. Um, and I know there's a lot of push behind that to help grow, you know, that opportunity for riders to ride Supercross. I know it was successful last year, so I'm, I'm but, happy about that, too, because I do have an 8-year-old, so I, I, I'm excited about that change. But, Daniel, isn't um, it like they're skipping? It's, it's almost like they're taking a breath and then forgetting to exhale, okay? Well, and I, and I don't know. I, I can't comment because I wasn't a part of any of the discussions. I kind of found out like everybody else. So right. I, don't, I don't really know. Like I said, I, I know that the resources are being shifted over, but I don't, I don't really know the reasons why. All the way, I'm not in that. In that, I'm in meetings, but they're not those ones. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but as far as next year goes, I, I you know had a chance to talk to the guys at Feld uh, a week or two ago. They told me they were very happy with how I did, and there's some things going on right now. They're kind of planning. I mean, the schedule's not out yet. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that are being worked out, and you know they told me that they're proud of me and they're looking forward to next year and they'd have a good spot for me and. Um, as far as what that is, I don't know. I mean, I would assume it's the same thing. You know, I, Race Day Live, I know we took a huge, huge jump this year with Race Day Live. I, I, I looked you know, at the, the numbers, dude. Viewers. You guys are huge. Oh, it, it did so well. And, and, and that goes back to the team. You know, we had a lot of people that, I mean, we all gave it our all on that show. There, there, we, we swung for the fences this year. I think the people, you know, they saw that. And that's why they, they came and they stuck around. I mean, we had a huge opening weekend with Anaheim and it, it just, it carried and right. it's a cool show. So I'm super pumped to be a part of that and be a part of its growth. So, uh, and as far as the TV gig, I, man, I have so much fun being on the floor and just kind of expanding my role and, and, you know, learning new things and being a part of that team with Ralph and Jeff and Jenny. And so whatever they have planned for me, I'm, I mean, I, I'm pumped. I'm all in. I, I love the sport. I think you guys obviously know that. And um, it's, I don't know it's a good what, what's time to the, be involved with Supercross. What's the problem with you and Ralph, though? I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I don't get it because you know Ralph is a great guy. He's been on the show. You've been on the show. I <laughs> you would wouldn't think, believe the things he says. No, I would bad. think that you guys would get along, uh, given <laughs> well, your history. Uh, I I assume we were. were we not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's full of yeah. <laughs> hey, so well, I mean, the one I have a hard time with, is Ricky. I don't. Me and Ricky. Oh, is it a height issue? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm it's sorry. That came out wrong. I didn't really. No, no, but we we can't help but like give each other a bad time on Instagram and Twitter, and it 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 seems to be picking up more and more uh, more and more every week. So so it uh, might me, get me serious. And Ricky battle it out all the time. Well, I tell you what, we're going to uh, absolutely have to take a break. But Daniel, it's always good to talk to you. Every time you answer the phone, you go, "What, Scott?" Uh, that's it's endearing. <laughs> Yeah, we've got another guest uh, waiting in the wings, uh, and we'll go to him. But, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. little brother talk uh, after the Alex and uh, Jeremy Martin conversation, but it's always good to hear from you as well. Thank you so much. 
No problem, guys. Have a good one. Daniel Blair, Fox Sports and uh, Company. Uh, I, again, I don't understand the problem. That- I I just I can't get enough of talking about heart rate. <laughs> fired up. Uh, oh, here we go pump. again. Ricky oh. using his hands to tell the story. Yeah. And then you got the professional Daniel Blair. <laughs> well, Daniel is actually the no, best I'm part of every. Guys. I love to listen to Daniel's. Uh, you know, he does do a good job, and the he? job that he does on Race Day Live too. Him and Jim Holly, they, it's great. Right. All right, uh, we're going to have more conversation about motorcycling after this. Stay tuned. This is Pit Pass. What's up? It's Kyle Regal. You listen to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take Take their fun off-road more than on. There's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hey, this is Mike Lessie. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Alright, welcome back to the show. Daniel Blair, our uh, last guest. Uh, we started the hour off with Jeremy and Alex Martin in a brother conversation. Finished one and two. Tony, did that did the finish surprise you of the race? Yeah, or the I conversation? Mean, we're, we're, no, we're talking about Thunder <laughs> Valley. No, no, I think it was neat. I, I, I mean, we obviously uh, have been fans 
Like we've been driving that home in the show that we're fans of the Martins and yeah. And uh, how about Jason Anderson though? What a bummer, huh? Right. So he that's got, terrible. So that happened to Glenn Helen. What happened? He, he he. So the deal is, you know, they had that wall jump right. and uh, down a guy tried to launch it, landed hard, broke his femur, ankles, bunch of stuff. Another guy came to the wall to the top of it flagged guys around so nobody would jump on him one of the guys that went around the jump noticed as he was going around hey it's one of his buddies so he turned to turn left to go try to check on him he didn't realize that anderson was right behind him so they anderson kind of t-boned him a little bit so as he took a left yeah anderson was still going straight and got back on the gas pretty hard so uh, he landed on the foot peg in the accident, and that's how he... So what is Anderson's uh, disability right now? Well, he's had surgery. It was a compound fracture. Um, he's out f- at least six to eight weeks, oh probably. Uh, that's the season. Yeah, pretty close. He's going to try to come back. He really, really, really wants to race Red Bud. He wants to be a member of the Motocross of Nations. Well, the top US five, team. it was Jordan Smith in the fifth in the fifth spot, Austin Forkner in the fourth spot, and third was uh, Justin Cooper, uh, Alex Martin, and Jeremy Martin. So it was two and one. Jeremy took the uh, win on the two fifty results at Thunder Valley. Tony, all right, we have a guest on the phone. Who that is? Jamie Astillo. She's been racing since she was three years old. She's part of the WMX series and has been racing the Moto America series. Jamie is the first and only so far female to finish on the podium in Moto America, where she placed third in Junior Cup Race 2 at Road Atlanta, beaten only by Ashton Yates. And uh, Yeah, I don't she, know how to pronounce that guy's last name. Who? Uh, oh, Ungvarsi. I think she joins us anyway. now. Yeah. Jamie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Well, Hi, welcome Jamie. to the show. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? How old were you when you started at three years old? <laughs> Yeah, I was I was three years old. Three, when I, okay, uh, okay. Racing. <laughs> so when you were three racing, how old were you? Oh, uh, I was three years old. Oh, got it right. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> so so currently, Jamie, you're uh, you're what eighth in points right now? Uh yes, I am eighth after uh, this weekend out at Road America. Who's so, in front of you? Uh, uh Jackson Blackman. Yeah, uh, he's. I think he's seven points ahead of me. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, what's it going to take for you? Is it equipment? Is it just knowledge? Is it is it history on the track, or what is it? Um, I have the equipment for sure. The whole uh, quarterly on track development racing team is, has put a great bike underneath me, and uh, it's mostly just uh, like knowledge. Actually, I've only been road racing for about. Oh, this is only my second season. So wow! Yeah, I uh, yeah, I still have a lot to learn. <laughs> Most of the guys that I'm racing against have been road racing for at least five years. You know, so uh, it's it's just experience and uh, getting to know these tracks a little bit better. Jamie, um, I had reached out to you uh, because I saw the uh, your makeup to mud segment that that went on uh, Supercross, and I immediately was like, "Hey, this is somebody that we need to have on the show." especially because you you've been doing both sports um now that your main focus is um you know moto america and and road racing but um i i'm 
a huge believer in in bringing uh you know women on the the show that uh that are accomplishing great things in the sport of two wheels um and i just wanted to give you a platform an opportunity to kind of talk about you know how you came into this and and how you started now road racing instead of just riding a dirt bike yeah um actually it was it was a crazy uh kind of opportunity that i got um like like everyone knows i've been uh motocrossing since i was like three years old so um it i had no intention of going road racing or even trying any other type of uh motorcycle discipline and uh i actually after uh loretta's 20 i want to say 15 or no 16 um i got a a message uh from uh melissa paris and uh, asked me if I wanted to join her team and uh, try out some road racing, and that's kind of where it all happened. And I went out to California, and it just kind of fell out from there. Jamie, we uh, I, I grew up racing motocross myself too, and uh, recently, I guess it's not been that recent, but it's it's been about four years ago. I decided to get, to go do some track days. Everybody was on me doing this radio show for so long, talking to you know the top road racers in the in the country and in, in the world sometimes um they my buddies were on me and they're like hey man you talk to these guys week in week out you've got to get a bike and you've got to do this so i go in and get an r6 and and uh i go through the class that they make you sit through which is terrible and uh <laughs> <laughs> and they talk about you know what are your goals what are you going to do and i said you know they just get done preaching on you that you're not going to drag your knee today you're not going to beat anybody yeah. and i and i said i'm going to drag my knee and i'm going to be the fastest guy in the b practice <laughs> and they said this is the guy that's going to crash and i said maybe <laughs> but it doesn't scare me and i think just the motocross experience you, you know just just having the, the bike moving around underneath you has never been a problem it never scared me that some of the tracks we go on are, are car tracks and the torque you know that tears up the tracks from those the cars are kind of hard on the track and and you know there's one track that was like a motocross track almost once in a while you know the thing would just about buck you off and it never really yeah. scared me and i think you being a motocrosser i gotta believe that that just it feels natural for you to move around on the bike and has that uh you think that's been a major advantage for you as a road racer yeah, I, I totally believe it's an advantage, and uh, especially in the rain. You know, motor, our dirt trackers and motocrossers do great in the rain. It's um, like that's where I got my podium in. It was in the rain, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm not afraid to let the bike uh, move around underneath me, which uh, I think is a huge huge advantage over the guys that have been road racing their whole life and right. aren't really used to that. And Tony, I I got to tell you, uh, the price of beef while you were determining whether or not you would do the, the track days, the price of beef went up because there was an anticipation of the need for more cowhide to make your uh, your race gear. You hearing that pathetic uh, yeah, uh, yeah. excuse That's... for a joke, Jamie? He's saying I'm fat because I had to get big leathers. <laughs> well, uh... And I'll be and I'll let you know that he when, is I, husky. when I did get my leathers and they were fresh and I hadn't crashed yet, <laughs> I did look a little bit like the Michelin man kicking everyone's butt. <laughs> out there on a, on a clapped out r6 so. but he does that on a motocross bike too so yes. it's, it's not <laughs> there ain't it a, really doesn't what, matter if, if everybody in this whole room that's talking there's not an ounce of talent in any of them but me so we'll oh, just wait leave a minute it here, that, bud. i got talent in different different areas that I'm you talking don't about have motorcycles. it I, I, I like to see a yeah. list of your talent go ahead oh my gosh go ahead. 
I, I got 20 years worth of talent. There's we don't have all day to talk about it. Oh. What's what's next for you, Jamie? Excuse me? What's next for you? Oh, um, well, we I'm actually going to do the uh, WMX round out at High Point. Oh, sweet. Same weekend as the Outdoor National on Friday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, well, WMX will be racing on Friday. And uh, after that, uh, we'll head out to California for Laguna Seca, the Moto America round. Have you ever raced Laguna Seca? Yes, I act. Well, I actually didn't get to race it, but uh, I rode it last year. Uh, the KTM Cup did go there last year, and uh, I actually crashed out on the site lap for the race. But uh, <laughs> really, oh, no. Okay. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, actually, my uh, crew chief just was like, "We got new tires on. Go out there and uh, try to scuff them in." And I was still so new to the sport that I didn't realize that uh, I wasn't supposed to go too hard, and uh, <laughs> the front end kind of kind of went away from me and yeah so i didn't get to race since we only had one race at laguna with uh world superbike racing there the same weekend but uh i got to ride all day friday so i know the track yeah a little (laughs) bit of a wash out there and those and the tires were those with were those dunlop yes they were Uh, the dunlop tires okay and the the compound we won't get into but uh hey this portion of our show brought to you by our friends at racer x right now you can subscribe or renew for 998 a year and get a free t-shirt out of there, Tony. yeah and the reason i'm t-shirts. bringing it up tony loves t-shirts he really does I and do. perhaps I like jamie has a t-shirt she could send to you jamie uh, <laughs> you're good jamie. right no nothing? hey good luck okay. good luck in high point oh thank you <laughs> yeah looking forward to watching seeing how you do there yeah um yeah, I haven't actually been riding too much motocross. I've been focusing on the road. I bet yeah. not. How long has it been yeah. since you've uh, ridden any? Um, well, actually, I'm staying at uh, South of the Border, the motocross training. SOB, yeah. yeah. Isn't that where so, you're training before, though? Yeah, like I've I've been here for almost about uh, since they've opened, actually. So right. I've been here for a while. Um, but no, like with all the traveling and uh, trying to get more uh seat time in like i've been down here i'm staying and living here but uh i've been so occupied with other things that i actually haven't gotten to ride too much well that's your life kid well done yeah. how about sponsors who do you want to recognize oh yeah i want to there's a, a whole list with the motocross and the road racing side and especially got a uh, a big thanks to the whole quarterly on track development racing team and uh, without them none of this would be possible and um yoshimura sobmx um, 1X custom suits, uh, bell helmets, TCX boots, the whole, the whole nine yards, all of them, the, uh, Maxima JT, uh, racing gear and all of them. Thank you so much for all the help guys. Most of those companies, Tony, are the ones that turned you down when it came to time for sizing, which is weird. Uh, uh he had mm. to go to a custom, uh, a custom. He wears the same helmet I do. <laughs> no, not the helmet. I'm talking about the uniform, the the outfit. Okay. That he wears. All right. Thank you so much, Jamie. God bless you. And uh, keep us posted, man, be- uh, girl. Yeah. Because uh, we are obviously fans. We wouldn't have you on if we weren't. Okay? Thanks a lot, uh, yeah, Jamie. Thank you so much, guys. This portion of our show brought to you by Wiseco Performance Products. Tony, you love them. Uh, Forge connecting rods, valves, and, and a lot more from Wiseco. As a matter of fact, if your dealer doesn't carry Wiseco, they should be, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not a product that they stock these days because the the distribution is so good. You can get it within the next day, typically. So, so you can order off the website. Well, you can, or you yeah. can go to your dealer and and they can have it for you the next day. And wow, okay. yeah, all yeah. right.
Um, listen, here's the results. Let's go through them. Uh, 450 at Thunder Valley. It was Eli Tomac, Kenny Roxon, uh, reemerging again as a dangerous, dangerous racer. Uh, followed by Blake Baggett. Uh, we were going to have Blake on this week, but perhaps we'll have him on next week. Jeremy Martin in the 250 led the way, and Alex Martin right behind him. Justin Cooper in third. MXGP results, uh, Jeremy, excuse me, Jeffrey Hurlings, Antonio Crowley, and Roman Fabre uh, in one, two, and three. MX2 results, Paul Jonas, and Jorge Prado, and uh, Calvin Vinianarin. Valandrin. Pardon me? What did I say? Valandrin. I don't know. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Valandrin. Uh, so that's the MX2 results. More next week as we continue our conversation on our sport. It continues to evolve. Uh, for Tony Wink. P.J. Duran, Roman Avila, who's actually in the studio. Thank you very much. Uh, and for Ed Kulenkamp, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, thank you so much. Our contributors have been Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.